Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Astute Wheel. Provide valuable goals-based advice using simple-to-use online client data collection tools, have values and goals discussions, conduct live modeling, produce file notes, strategy papers, SOAs, and automate compliance. back to the XY Advisor podcast and we are up to episode three of our six-part series on how we actually go about talking to our clients and eliciting their hopes, dreams, goals and aspirations when it comes to uh, values and goal setting uh, for financial planning. Uh, in this episode, we are really looking at that discovery meeting process and understanding what are the, the right questions you can ask and how we can go about um, hosting that discovery meeting um, to really help our clients understand what their hopes, dreams, goals, and aspirations are that may not necessarily be the standard. Uh, I want to do the same thing my parents did, um, for example. So today, of course, uh, first off the rank, we're joined by Naomi. Hello, Naomi. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you, Fraser. Thanks for having me on the show again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for turning up. Now, tell us about uh, tell us about your discovery meeting process. We've sort of been through the process. You mentioned before that um, uh, you know you, you've you've pre gathered the data uh, before this meeting for the clients before they come in. So, tell us about how that meeting is structured uh, for you. Um, what happens when the you know the, the 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 whole thing from maybe let's start from right from the beginning of that meeting. How people are then uh, confirmed to turn up or where they turn up to. Okay, so we uh, we use. Calendly to book people into meetings and that sends out an automated reminder. So we're finding that uh, to be very effective in ensuring people turn up, Um, you know, and you can have different ways of inviting people to a meeting, whether in person, via Zoom, over the phone. Um, And so for initial um, meetings with clients, our preference is in person, but of course that's not possible with uh, lockdowns at the moment. So we're very much uh, Zoom-based. Uh, which can be quite effective because you've still got that visual uh, with that person. Fantastic. And t- tell us about this meeting structure. Do you sort of do you have an agenda uh, as such for this meeting? Yeah, look, I think the agenda is really stepping, um, sort of stepping through the information and confirming that information. Uh, but then it's also talking around the goals and the goals section of the, any meeting is going to be much more fluid. It's not really that defined. Um, I think the end goal from my perspective is to help people really get clarity around the goals that they have. So really turning those goals into to much more structured objectives, uh, which from which we as a, a financial advisor can then actually work from, um, because you know you might have a goal that says you know I want to I want to retire at sixty five. Um, well, what's that retirement actually going to look like? How much income do you need? How much capital do you need? And if you're sitting here at thirty five years of age, that's you know a good thirty years away. You don't necessarily have those answers. Um, And so it's our job, our role really to try and draw out 
a painting, a picture of that retirement and what that lifestyle might look like and then bringing it back to today and say, well, you know, perhaps your objective might be something like this. And tell us about those questions. So uh, you're with a client and, you know, they sort of give you, and let's face it, right, clients don't really know what their goals and objectives are when they first came in. They sort of, they mention things and you've sort of got to read between the lines a lot of spaces and just sort of ask deeper questions. Tell us about uh, all the questioning type techniques you use. I, I guess for me, I find that because I've had so many years in this industry, it's become quite intuitive um, and the kind of questions I'm asking. And I already kind of have a feel for where I want to take them in terms of getting the answers that I'm looking for. Uh, and so, look, it's a lot of open-ended questions, um, you know, and what, what does that mean to you and, and why is that important to you? And, you know, what, what, if, if that's where you want to be, why is it that you want to be there? Um, yeah, just very open-ended, getting them to really think about why it is they're, they're wanting to have that particular goal and what that means to them. Yeah, to me, even though, we, you, you know, you're not staging this, there is sort of that, that the higher level, you know, value, goal, purpose, not goal, but value and purpose type conversations first, higher level before chunking down into more specific questioning around the the quantifiable features of a goal, how much, by when, those sorts of things. Yes. And so when you uh, when you do that, is there a process as you go through then you have to start looking at prioritising those goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes the priorities are really evident because it's brought on by, as we talk, uh, we've previously talked about, by a specific event and that specific event is driving the priorities of the goals. Other times it's not as clear cut or there's conflict between the goals. It's like, well, yes, you want to achieve goal A, but you can't then also achieve goal B because of your financial circumstance. And so it's a matter then of yeah, talking through the priorities of those goals um, and and what becomes more important than something else, uh, and then talking through perhaps some sacrifices. Um, and people don't like <laughs> – people want to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, and so it's about bringing a level of reality to the situation and saying, look, you know, if you want to get to goal A um, you and therefore you may not be able to achieve goal B now, but we can put something in place that will lead you towards being able to achieve goal B at a certain point down the track. Um, and so, yeah, helping people to prioritise what's most important. During that me- during that very first meeting, though, is, is some of these some is some of the idea not to actually pro- pro- put too many parameters around these goals, and um, I guess the modelling would come after that that you'd go away and do it post that that meeting, and then start looking at the modelling whether that's actually doable or not doable, and then having to come back and have these uh, these conversations, which I probably think we'll get to in the next episode. But uh, just on the, just on that goal, the idea of finding out what somebody's goals and hopes and dreams and aspirations might be, how many do you look at thinking like I'm in my opinion, there's sort of the idea of there's the big ones, uh, but then there might be a whole lot of smaller ones that we can start thinking in shorter term ones um, rather than just only having one sort of big goal. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I, I always talk to people about needing to focus on uh, the different areas of life and through different time horizons. And absolutely, you've got to have your short-term focused goals where, you know, that helps drive you to keep moving forward, right? Um, I, You know, I want to buy a car in two years' time because of X, Y, and Z reason. Or, um, you know, I want to have X amount in emergency funding or savings or what have you. They're shorter-term goals. 
um, or, you know, in my mind, the risk insurance um, packaging is all very much set it up in the right now today, short term, and keep funding that through. Um, and then you've got medium term goals. Some people say, look, you know, I might, I don't want to be working until I'm 65 and can access my superannuation. I want to be able to get to it when I'm like maybe 50. Um, and so you're going to have a much more medium term uh, goal, goals that fit within a, a shorter time horizon and, and don't, doesn't look all the way out to retirement. And then, of course, your long-term goals of retirement. So in this first discovery meeting, are you just primarily looking at the idea of just trying to get all those goals out of their head? Generally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, so most people already before that discovery meeting have flagged a whole bunch of things that are important to them. And they're very broad based and, and just basic kind of, I want to buy a car. I want a comfortable retirement. I want to buy, you know, I want an investment property. Um, I want this, I want that. And so you've already got this full list of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, then you have to kind of work through that with them, prioritize them, chunk them into the short, medium and long-term buckets and, and really give some clarity around um, what it is they're trying to achieve and then therefore where do you start in terms of being able to help them uh, tick the boxes to achieving those goals. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think I also find that it's probably very easy for uh, you know for planners to go along the concept of oh, I need to I need to find a, a goal that's got calculations requirements and, and and a strategy that I can help you you know achieve that. Otherwise, I don't feel um, as valuable to you as, as others. But I also think that people have goals that don't necessarily always include you know, financial aspect or financial strategy requirements. Yeah, absolutely. And and I find that a, a struggle for myself um, where I've had some really wonderful conversations with people and, you know, because I, I think I've got um, the background that I have, um, I, I just, I do want to help people and it's not always based around numbers. There are, you know, conversations that I've had where I've helped them resolve a situation or allowed them to make a different decision around something uh, towards a particular goal uh, that I haven't had to do any modeling for and I haven't had to put something, you know, in place like an investment or what have you because it's nothing to do with that. And people, I hope people value that about what I can deliver and bring to the to the table and conversation. Um, and then, yeah, and look, then there might be strategic advice around a particular event and scenario where you are doing a bunch of modeling, uh, but then it's not in their mind or in their interest or in their desire to actually have an ongoing advice relationship with you. Uh, and so you're just providing um, event advice, uh, which is challenging for the business model that we have. Um, and so it's not something that I really want to seek out in terms of clients, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want to turn people away when I can, um, you know, provide them with that strategic advice and that modeling. Yeah, fair enough. And what about when, uh, I guess you probably have seen this a few times when people just really just looking for permission to go and do the thing. It might be a, you know, what you think might be feeling minor or not so much, but they just, they, they, maybe they can afford it, but they just don't want to go and, and reach out and, and, and take the plunge. And then they come into you and they're looking for just, just for the tick of okay. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, 
uh, on the one hand, it might be something that, yeah, absolutely you think, man, just go and do that. I give you that permission as a professional expert. Here's my opinion. The thing you've come up with is amazing. And, you know, and I've actually had conversations like that recently where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. You've got to go do it. Just take the plunge, spend the money or, you know, make that investment, whatever it might be. Um, This is your path. I'm here to support your journey. And as a professional, you know, it's cool to go ahead and do that. Um, And on the flip side, then I've also had people come to me and say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing this or I want to do that. Um, You know, what are you, what are your thoughts around? And I'm like, that's such a bad idea. (laughs) 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 Emotionally, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Logically, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and yet you don't want to crush people's hopes and dreams, uh, but you also need to, I guess, you know, so give them a frame of reference. Here's why I think this isn't the best thing for you um, and, and try and soften the blow that um, what they're thinking about doing isn't going to necessarily work out for the best for them. And, and, may, and perhaps then maybe shift the conversation to alternatives that might actually be more in their interest. Wonderful. Thank you, Naomi. Let's uh, let's catch you in the next episode when we really start looking about, um, you know, talking about those goals and the conversations around calculations and housing them and, and where, to, where to keep them so that the clients can keep an eye on them. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Fraser. See you then. Welcome back, Craig Buntain. We are talking about all things to do with the Discovery Meeting. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Fraser. Nice to be here. Uh, now, tell us about your discovery meeting. How do you set it out? Um, what sort of time? Well, let's start with the time. How, how long do you give it? Uh, I diarise it for about 90 minutes. Uh, they go somewhere between 60 and sixty minutes and two hours, uh, depending – what I find depending predominantly on how much uh, education, uh, how much client education I'm, I'm providing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty – I have a pretty set out meeting, so um, – there is an agenda that I uh, furnish to the client quite quickly. So in- initially, you know, we do all those rapport establishing things that I'm sure everybody does in their in their first meeting and have a bit of small talk. And then the agenda effectively, I go through the steps with that um, as, a, as a first point when we start talking seriously um, about what they're there for. Uh, and... The idea of that is just to keep me on track. Um, I have been guilty of waffling myself and letting clients waffle as well uh, in the past. So the agenda really kind of helps me stick to the timeframes that I've set aside. And so that agenda, the first step in that is tell us your story. I want to hear what I haven't already received back uh, from the mini fact find because the mini fact find is generally numbers with a few objectives in it. Uh, what I want to hear is the story. How did how did we get to the point where they're seeking advice, and what are they hoping to achieve from seeking advice? This is a really good question. Tell me your story, because you'll get you'll you'll probably get a lot of different people taking that a few different ways. As in, oh, I grew up and blah blah blah, and our money was tough, and money was this, and but it's yep. all of these things that then become your understanding of how they're going to behave under pressure. Exactly, yeah. So I actually prefer it when they start answering like that rather than getting straight down to business. Uh, it's much easier to establish that trust when you start to hear about people's background and um, you know find ways that you can identify with it and and you know have find some common ground there. 
And probably, uh, you know, they, they know that that's a topic that they know better than anybody else right, as well. That's so right. that they're, they're, they're the expert in that topic when it comes to the beginning of that meeting. Yeah, and it really does help people relax and then start to um, uh, think along the lines that you want them to be thinking, which is, you know, really in that first meeting for me, it's it's all about them. You know, in, in fact, the stuff that we have in our welcome pack that we send out beforehand says this whole financial financial planning process, the top of it is it's all about you. Yep. It's not about us. It's about you and what, and what you want to achieve. Um, and so from that tell us your story conversation, I'll generally, you know, find some questions I want to ask for them to elaborate and we'll get into a little bit of the financial stuff. But then I explain some of the concepts that we've already been through in their welcome pack um, about how we look at money. Um, and how we look at different stages or areas of financial planning and, and, and where that fits into different lifestyles. Um, so I, I, I don't spend very long talking about that at all. It's just kind of a brief introduction to begin with. And then um, the point of what I'm looking to achieve is I do a thing with all of my clients um, called a vision, mission and action plan. Uh, and that's the point of the first meeting is to fill that out. And really all that is, is their goals, their what they have to work with, which they've already told me generally in the About You questionnaire that we've sent them out, which is the little mini fact find that we that we use through Astute Wheel. And then the, the strategies or the areas of advice that we can add value to to help them achieve those goals. So it's really just what are the goals? What are the areas that you need to think about? Where are you already well-placed that you can maybe do yourself? And where are the areas that you're going to need some help? Hey, there's a really cool words, vision, mission, and action. I think uh, to me, I'm obviously thinking vision is the, the vision is the goal and the, and the mission is the, is the value, right? The underlying motivation behind the goal. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the what you've got to work with, what might be some of the roadblocks that are along the way, uh, all of that sort of stuff. And obviously with the roadblocks, we're talking about contingencies, right? We're talking about the fact that you can introduce the, the idea around, okay, well, if, if, you know, if, um, you know, if your goal is to, um, you know, pay for your daughter's wedding and then you end up having a heart attack and you don't have a contingency like a trauma insurance in place, then you might use your savings to pay for your, your, your pacemaker. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So the roadblocks can be all of that sort of stuff, but it's quite often it's also stuff that they haven't ever thought about. Like most people have got in their mind, insurance is the you know an illness or injury is the biggest roadblock to them, but they don't think about um, things like, well, what happens if your parents get sick, uh, or what happens if your kids get sick, or what happens if um, you know your brother or sister develops a drug problem. Uh, do you want to have funds set aside to help those people out or what, how would that change your situation? Yeah, 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 fantastic. So you, you can also, you know, you do introduce a whole lot of different things that they haven't thought about then in that, in that case. That's exactly and, right. And then I'm thinking the action plan really just comes back down to you saying, well, we can, we can help you with the action plan in the next few meetings or the implementation of those with advice, yep. Yeah, exactly. It's really going through those um, six areas of advice and saying, look, I think we can improve your situation with, you know, a super strategy here and a, um, yeah. a, a risk insurance plan there and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so that all takes place in the following meetings. So just inside this discovery meeting, um, you've, you've done some amazing work there. You, you, that you've told this story, you've got some more information, you go through the vision, mission, let's say vision, mission are the main parts of that. Um, yep. 
And then, uh, and how do you finish that? And how do you leave that meeting from there? Well, I suppose before that, the way that I do the goals is as a great goals tool yep. uh, in Astute Wheel. So I'm using online software with them, so it's very visual. Um, they can see, what it does is it brings in what they've put in as their raw objective, and it allows me to have the conversation and notarize the conversation about every goal that they've brought in. So that's become very important in this really compliance-driven world. Um, that the goals where um, we're delving into, but we're also getting a record of it. So, so yeah. that's really good. And then they have a um, a document called an initial engagement. Um, and that that document basically sets out the areas of advice, and we and we just um, make a few ticks and crosses on it. It's something that I just print out in the meeting. Um, make a few ticks and crosses on it as to the areas that we're going to review and cover, and whether there might be advice um, going forward, and what the fee is going to be for that. Fantastic, and um, uh, probably leads us into the uh, the next episode when we really talk about how how to house these goals and have those conversations. So we might pick it up in the next episode. Okay. Excellent. Welcome back to this episode, Kate Americano. Thank you, Fraser. Thanks for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Now, we're right in the middle of a conversation around, uh, you know, eliciting goals, um, eliciting values, getting uh, getting the great questions that help um, help clients actually understand what their, their values are, uh, understand yeah. what their goals might be, and, and put the uh, really around the emotional side of it too uh, throughout the discovery meeting. Um, what have you What have you seen uh, with the advisors that you're working with that works well during the discovery meeting? Uh, this is my actual favourite part of the meeting uh, or the whole process is because you actually get to ask the really um, the meaningful questions that can yeah create create quite a emotional response. Um, so the ones that are doing it well, it, it it doesn't need to be complicated. That's the first thing I would say, um, but. What you do need to be able to do is to ensure that you um, take your time, create a really safe space for the clients to be able to respond um, and just just listen and show that you care in terms of that. Um, so what I would say, there's a few different ways that advisors can do this. You can um, either use a values matrix and get the clients to go through the process and, and complete that. It's then the follow-up question, or, or you can use a pack of cards. You know, I have been using, when I do my own values coaching, I use a pack of cards. doesn't matter what they are, but a pack of values card. They've got also cool online, you know, values things if you're a bit tech savvy and you want clients to do it that way. The re- and you'll actually get different responses out of all three. So it depends how deep the advisor wants to go. The deepest and the best response that you'll ever get from a client, if you want to really know this, and this may be for your top um, clients, you know, um, you may do the values-based conversation on your whole, your entire client base, um, but you may wish to actually personalize it for the top tier and, and do more of a one-to-one sort of coaching scenario. The reason that you actually, the difference between the two is when you do something like a, I've got like a values grid here, you know, what you're getting is you're not getting to see what they're trading off, what values they're trading off. And there's enormous insight in that itself, right? So when you see somebody struggling, because you have, this is a pack of like 56 cards. And when you see them struggling um, to find their, their, you know, they trade off to 25, they trade off to 10, they get right down to the top five. Um, there's, you get to see the way they make their decisions, right? Um, and so how you then take that um, value is then 
how to take something from being just interesting and knowing your top five values to actually making it valuable is by asking these couple of questions after it. And the first thing is, is um, what is that definition of that value to you? Because even though that you and I might both pick a happiness value, the, the how they define it is absolutely critical because it's personal to everyone, you know, and we will all have a different response to it. Um, so I ask them, first of all, to say, please, def- you know, let's now, now that you pick the top five values, oh, sorry, the first one is align the top five values in order of priority, right? And even in that, that can create an emotional response for people because they can actually sit there and they might go, um, and particularly for mums that are kind of coming out with families because they actually will sit there and they'll go, oh, I actually want to be able to put myself first or try and do a bit of self-care but I'm struggling with the trade-off between that and family and other things right and this is really important in terms of that's that mindset shift and being able to be the best to yourself and best to others and all the rest of it um so yeah the first thing is obviously prioritize it one to five and then define it um and then I get them to rate it I get them to rate it out of 10 and I say so let's now look at it and how well you're actually living in alignment with that value and they'll say, oh, you know, it's a, an 8 out of 10, it's a 5 out of 10, you know, and so we get a really good sort of uh, system around that. And then my follow-up question from that is what's one action that you could take this year that will give you, that will get, you know, be greater in alignment or that would help you to live more in alignment with that value? And that's when they go into the action around that. So, um, yeah, they, they actually detail, oh, I could, um, for my health, I can be, you know, walking every day and 10,000 steps a day or for my finances, I can be putting away this or for my relationships, I can spend some time on myself. Um, and then the final thing is, is I actually, because five goals can sometimes be quite a lot. So I say pick three, pick three goals out of those um, three values out of the out of those five that you just really want to focus on this year. Um, and then we, yeah, we build that into a plan from the current year to future you and building that into alignment for them. So that process is like you will know your client better than you've ever known them before. And it does, as I said, if you're doing the cards, it's really detailed, but financial plans don't have to do that. You can even just knowing what their values are from this and then getting them to pick that and write the summary around it. Like you, you've just, you'll know so much more about your client and what really is important to them and their family. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, well, well said so many great things to unpack in that. Um, uh, when you when you mentioned the uh, the values matrix, you were talking about a, a list, essentially a master list of a whole lot of different values, which anybody can Google, of course, and come up with a list of 50 or a list of 100 or a list of 20, yeah. whatever the number is. Uh, they're everywhere online. Um, and that's just a prompter, yeah, the, the, the idea of just people going, oh, yeah, that, 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 circling, circling, you know, 20, 10, 20 things on there going, yeah, they, these are all meaningful to me that then, uh, that then you can chunk down into your, into prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. yeah, at, from taking it from being interesting to valuable to the client is then asking those follow-up questions. And that's what people pay for Razor. Like yep. that's the difference for going from being a, you know, kind of free service. And because as you say, you can Google, these are not new tools anywhere on the web. You can grab them off the internet and, uh, incorporate any of that into your, into your process or even, yeah, I've made a combination of my favorite ones that keep on coming up from the different sessions. So that's how I've yep. made mine. And of course, so that really is finding a tool 
but also putting a process in place to go through the tool. Yes. Because yeah. I, I think the tool alone is one thing, but you actually need to make sure that you have a process or an agenda or whatever it might be that you actually yeah. force you to go through that process. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Thank you. I love the idea of, um, uh, you know, then going through the deeper questions. What does that mean to you? What, you know, how spe- what specifically does that mean to you, this thing? Um, so you're getting the, in the client words. Uh, and then going back to out of 10, rating it back out of 10, how important is this uh, that you achieve this? One of the great things that I've had in the past um, – around this is the thing called the hundred dollar game where you you know, you know you've got a hundred dollars and you know you've got ten ten dollar notes uh and you have to put you know the money in each bucket you know let's say three 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 goals yeah. uh and the only thing is you can't put the same amount of money in each one you know and yeah. you, can't have, you can't have less than ten dollars and, and and then that then forces people to to put the money and then of course you can look at their look at their diary and say well does that if i, if I looked at your diary is that what it says yeah <laughs> if, I awesome. at, if i looked at your spending habits is that what come out Um, so yeah, there's some great stuff around that. Uh, Kate, we're going to have to, uh, catch you in the next episode. This has been uh, really, really great. I really appreciate you uh, adding to this, uh, this episode. Pleasure. Thanks, Fraser. Welcome back to episode three of our six part series. Uh, Tim. How are you, Fraser? Great to be back. Tremendous. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Uh, we're talking about, uh, the discovery meeting. Uh, we've got some great stuff so far. Tell us about your discovery meeting. Yeah, I really love the discovery meeting. Um, it's it's one of those things I think as as people that we we are people people. Uh, it's great with meeting new people, and you know, there's always something there that might surprise you or be of interest. But um, yeah, I think from a from a financial from a business point of view, and and wanting to do business with people, as I think we touched on in the in the previous segment. We're getting a lot of great data through initially for that discovery meeting, and it's, it allows us really to go into the meeting, you know, with a, with a, a much better view of probably who we're going to be sitting with and what their their needs are. Um, one of the things that I really uh, value at the moment with the system we use is that we do like a, a small five minute health. It's called a five minute health check. That's with Stuart Wheel, and. That you know, sometimes the simplest things are the most powerful. That that simply just takes people five minutes to fill in, and it really is how are they feeling in these six areas, and it stands out starkly. That you know they're really comfortable in some areas and really uncomfortable in others. So, great place to start your discussion with them is tell us about this survey and and how you filled it out and why those areas are red and, and on high alert, and these areas are in green. Yep. Sit back and hear what they've got to say because Fantastic. that's really um, at the crux of it why they've come to see you. Yep. Now, uh, we've had some of our other guests talk about the idea of um, husband and wife or, or partner and partner um, and not doing not not allowing them to, to do it together. Do you also follow to subscribe to that? In the survey, you mean? Y- yeah, like give them to do it separately. Yeah. Um, I haven't subscribed to that. I, I could sort of understand why people might. At that stage in the game, um, and it is interesting, you know, studying people, uh, it's probably a bit presumptuous to think that, you know, one party's more powerful or, you know, they've got more control than the other. I think we'd probably start to work that out through the meeting and, and encourage both to play an active role. But generally, they fill it out together and, and I would always ask them, you know, does it, do these reflect your feelings as well? <laughs> Yeah, who, who filled this out? Yeah, and, that's uh, is right. That, is exactly. that both? Yeah. Now, uh, just on this, um, the the practicality of the your discovery meeting. How long does it go for? How long do you book in? 
Um, we book in 90 minutes. It normally wouldn't run for 90, but it definitely runs more than an hour. So I spend, I reckon it, uh, the average one would go about 70 to 75 minutes. Yep. Yep. And you mentioned your your thing is around the, the concept of life planning or life first. Yep. Um, tell us about what that means to you. For me, I think it starts with, the, the, well, you've obviously got the, the health check that's telling you what what's really on their mind. And yep. then I think the next stage of that is, you know, what, generally what is your, what do you value in life? So what are their values? And really starting to uncover that. Um, as a general rule, we don't at this stage do a values questionnaire but we do have that coming up so that's being developed and we'll be doing that later this year yep. possibly through that process but one probably the first, look I'm gonna I've done a lot of work on values over the time and we've got our dream catcher program that we do 90% of people have these three values really really high up when you start with 20 values and say narrow it down narrow it down and they then narrow it down to three 90% of people are going to end up with health, family, and financial well-being. And so I generally talk to them about those things as a, as a general rule in the meeting and just and hear what they've got to say. You know, because health, talking to them about their values around health, they're going to start to tell you things about what you know, what they like, whether they, are they active people, what are their hobbies, um, what are they passionate about, talk about their family. You know, things like education of their kids and what's important for us being parents and or having a family. We won't really want to have a family or we really don't want to have a family or this is what's important to us on that level. And then with their finances, I think that then becomes, you know, what does financial success look like to you and starting to hear from them what they believe that is. Yep. Without getting too bogged down in, in the finances, just getting them to articulate what 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 it means to them fantastic excellent so you 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 take the approach of you really looking at the bucket level of values the the larger level of values and saying let just let's just without without pigeonholing them into one set of values or yeah. another you just ask them to comment on each 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 area well i i wouldn't even frame these up as saying i'm now talking to you about health or i'm now talking to you about your family but in my head that's what they're the questions I'm going to ask them. Yeah, you know, how do you feel about you know what sort of life are you wanting to give your kids, or is education, private education, important to you? Or it's really just exploring in those. I, I my I explore in those buckets. Yep, yeah, excellent. Yeah. So in your head, you're going through those different areas, yeah. and and you end up getting a lot of stuff out of them. I think that, and then later on down the track, um, we will start to fine-tune their values if they're wanting to put other things out on the table. But, you know, I think we, we know that, that they're pretty three pretty solid ones to start with. Yep, fantastic. And you um, you mentioned life planning. Does it include life, uh, life stage planning? Uh, well, I think from a, from a financial point of view, we have to apply that because certain, certain things are on the horizon for – people at different stages of life again we probably where it's where it's um appropriate of course we'd preempt that if they're nearly 60 we're going to start saying well you're coming up for retirement and these windows are going to open for you with super and that sort of thing but otherwise we'd probably let them steer it to some degree um yep. but you, of course you can't help 
sort of you, you, you don't want to pigeonhole people, but you're going to a little bit, aren't you, with those life stages? Yep. Yeah, a big chunk of this meeting is the is the emotional side of it. Uh, yeah. How deep do you go into um, into getting goals out of people and understanding what the parameters of those goals might be in the in this discovery meeting? Um, well, the system that we're using does an awesome job of that. So it asks them to list their goals, um, and we've we've also got the some of the data and and how they're feeling. So it be- becomes a just a good initial template to have to expand on that so in most cases they're only going to give you one line you know like i want to pay off my mortgage so then we it just gives us something to talk about so well tell us what that means to you and tell us what this means to you and tell us what again we're just each time i think it's just building on that goal and possibly introducing other goals that they mightn't have thought about yeah fantastic tell us what this means to you great question Tim, thanks for catching up in this in this episode. Uh, there's there's plenty to go through the discovery, and I know that you and I could talk about it for hours and hours. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have the time. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to come back and talk about putting those goals into you know qualitative and quantitative measures, and then to be able to look at what um, you know how do we house them and have those goal conversations. So cool. we'll catch you in the next episode. Yeah. Welcome back to this episode, Michael Topper. Thanks very much, Fraser. Looking forward to it. Thanks for. Thanks for being here. Now, in this uh, in this episode, we're talking about client discovery meetings and and the and the amazing meeting that takes place uh, where advisors really get to talk to their clients about their hopes, dreams, goals, aspirations, and values, and all those sorts of things. Uh, how what what are you seeing in this space? Well, it's really interesting if you look at goals just generally with people. Um, about three percent of people have goals set, and that's through numerous studies, mainly in the U.S. and in Europe. And out of those, out of 100% of people, only 1% have written them down. So it seems to be quite a foreign concept to clients um, to have goals, given that so few actually do. And it'd be interesting to find out what kind of percentage of financial advisors have set goals. So that might be something for the the people listening in on this. Have you got your goals? Have you written them down? And are you tracking them? It's a foreign concept to a client. And if you just send them a blank sheet of paper, say, please write down your goals, you're going to get a blank sheet of paper back. But you've got, that's the one end of the spectrum. You can't go to the other end, which is here's a bunch of goals. Tick the ones that um, are these products that I can sell to you because that's pushing it too far. So you've got to get a happy medium between the two. And so what we found has worked really well before having the actual discussion about goals is to get a client to think about that at home as part of the questionnaire that they get. So they can either get a goals questionnaire on its own or can be part of the about you questionnaire and you provide them with prompts that are three to five words go on a holiday buy a house those kind of prompts and that then helps the client frame what it is that they want to do so if they want to go on holiday you then ask them in the tool is this a high medium or low priority it might be high and uh, is it short medium or long term so when do you want to do it and if you can help clients get their head around those aspects, they've already generated two-thirds of their goal. And then the last thing that we ask them to do is to say, what does this goal mean to you? So one of the requirements from ASIC is that the client's voice has to come through loud and clear. You can't have a cookie-cutter approach. Here's 50 goals. Choose the ones you like. And here's the SOA that you get. It's got to be, what is your goal? What does it mean to you? Why do you want to do it? And that's the, um, I guess, the tool that can help the client actually provide those. So what we're finding is that a lot of advisors are getting really good goals coming through. Now, they need work. 
um, but at least they've had a great attempt and at least it's not a blank sheet of paper. Yep, exactly. Now, so many things you just said then I could unpack. I, I, I want to start with the concept of what um, that is, it needs some work because that was a really interesting comment you threw in at the end. Um, you know, I, I think what happens in, in a lot of, you know, compliance sort of see this too is, is goals tend to be very much, oh, this person wants to review their risk. Okay, great. That's a goal. Well, that, that kind of feels like a strategy to me. We've sort of jumped and put that down as a goal. This, the client wants to do this strategy as their goal, um, but it, but you also mentioned in that um, in that last little piece around the concept of you know what it is, what it means to them per- specifically or personally, and why they want to do that. Um, and to me, that's obviously we've talked we've talked a bit in this series um, and with other guests around the idea around values and and understanding that the goals and the values are aligned together. Yeah. So, you know, with a goal and and where the conversation needs to go from when the client's done their attempt at their goal and say they've got it 50% to 60% of the way there, the, the value that the advisor adds is, do you really want to do this? Does it conflict with other goals? So if you're going to buy a $100,000 BMW, it means that your mortgage is going to last a few years longer and you said you really wanted to knock that over. So which one is it? So you want to look at goals that conflict, but also help the goal, the client make their goal and turn it into a smart goal. So, you know, the client's goal might be we want to go um, overseas. That's their goal. And the reason it's important to them, so the other bit that they added in is my kids in year 11 and so we want to go this year it's the last time we can really do a family holiday with the kids before they fly the coop so that then becomes a high priority they want to do it in the next 12 months or whatever um, but then to add it and to turn it into more of a smart goal and that that's what you do face to face with the client whether that's via zoom or in a face-to-face meeting but it's making the goal more robust so it's more measurable and uh, achievable and and to see whether it is achievable and realistic because sometimes people have goals that aren't realistic and they need someone to go hey um, I think this one may be out of touch out of reach yeah exactly right uh, there's so there's so much we can get into that obviously yeah I in, you know my my ideas around this is you know having that having that uh, like the smart goal is important having that idea that 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 thing, then putting some parameters around it, putting some milestones around it, then understanding if it's achievable and then making it specific and measurable and all those types of things, which is which is really important. Mm-hmm. And then allowing the client to go, okay, I can see this is going to happen at that time in the future and then allowing them sort of come back to now to work out what all the little stepping stones are along the way. And then, and then, and then it becomes a, a belief that this is what's going to happen and they work themselves towards it. And in a way, I think it, it, their advisor's role is to give the client the permission to do that as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there was a, a, a practice, and I'll give them a bit of a plug, um, called Goals and Dreams, and they're up in Queensland. And they work with people that don't necessarily have the means to go overseas. It's kind of a foreign thing to that group of clients that they have. And they had a dreams board up in their foyer to their office. And what they would ask clients to do is, we'll help you go on an overseas trip, but you have to send us a postcard um, and so we can stick that up on the dreams board so when other new clients came in and they said look uh, if one of the things they want to do is to go overseas well that's achievable let's go and look at some of those postcards these are all our clients that couldn't necessarily go overseas but these are the fantastic holidays they've been on so it helps them uh, get their head around that and I think the second thing is if you're going to have a framework to help a client figure out what their goals are 
when they get that information back to you, you also need to think what, what's missing. And so that's where this feeling find the five minute health check becomes really powerful because they may have put down in the five minute health check that they're really concerned about their insurance, but they don't have that as a goal. So when you have a discussion with a client about you concerned about your insurance, why? Well, I want to make sure that if I pass away, my wife's got enough money to pay off the house and blah, 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 and they, they tell you what that is, then that's fine. The conversation then becomes, should that also be a goal? Let's add it to your goals um, and that's to get the right insurances in place. So a goals tool isn't going to encompass everything. The advisor needs to be a bit aware of what should be on there that isn't and have that discussion and add it as a goal. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, when the way I the way I view that is around the idea of contingency, um, and every single goal. Um, what would stop this goal from happening? What would what would what's the obstacles going to be? Is it you know my it could well be that parents are you know going into aged care or that there's something else going on. I'm not going to make that time. It could be, it could be that you know you don't have your estate planning sorted out and something happens to one of you. Then that that might not be achievable. It could be that you don't have your risk in place and that. You know, you have a heart attack and you're going to spend your money on the pacemaker, not the holiday or whatever it might be. You know, like there's there's a lot of ways I think that we can look at contingencies around goals that then lead to the idea of um, what's a strategy to to that we can put in place that, you know, covers that. Yeah, exactly. And the, the other thing that you mentioned is values. And so if 3% of people have goals and 1% have written them down, guess how few have got their values sorted out. So um there aren't that many tools around to help people understand their values. There are playing cards that you can purchase and you can go through with a client and, and that seems to work pretty well for some advisors. Um, but we recently um, have built a, a values tool to help clients get their head around their values. And the value of a values tool is that it kind of keeps the client honest and it gives them a view of what their values are in priority order. And once you have your values sorted, it makes decisions easy because all decisions get measured against your values. And if they're in conflict with your values, you don't do them. And it also helps the advisor keep the client honest because the client might say, you know, the most important thing to me that's right at the top of the pile of my values is family. You go, are you sure? Yes. Well, how come you don't have insurance? So either your value is wrong and you've said that it's really important to you that your family is looked after, but that's conflicting the fact that you don't have insurance. What happens if you die tomorrow? So do we change your value because it's not correct and money is more important because you don't want to pay for insurance or do we add insurance to your goals? And yep. that becomes a, a very powerful conversation to have with clients as well. Yeah, it's a, it certainly is. And I haven't been through a lot of work um, over the last sort of couple of years on values and, and understanding how to, um, it's not that easy eliciting your own values. And, I, and my challenge is out there to any advisor listening to this, go, go ahead and try and work out what your own values are. Uh, and sometimes it's not an easy exercise to just dive in and there they are. Sometimes it's actually takes a lot of time. I know from personal view, I sort of thought, oh, my values are this. Um, and then really diving deeper and deeper, I've sort of worked out that they're, are they kind of that as well, but this other thing, and this is actually more important. Um, so it wasn't an instant uh, gratification moment where you just go, here they are. It was, a, it, was a, it was a bit of a work in progress for me personally. Yeah. Now they are tough to get your head around. And What's interesting is in family dynamics is that quite often, say, a husband and wife are going to come up with five or seven values. There'd probably be an overlap of three or four, so three or four that are the same. But what really 
is interesting to them is that their values are in a different order. So what's my number one value may not be what your number one value is, and that's great. So get them to do that exercise separately and then come together and say, we've got 10 values between us. Um, let's come up with a, um, an order which is in the correct order. And we did this quite a few years ago, probably 2010 as a, as a family um, with our kids. And kids actually figure out values a lot more easily than, than uh, adults. They, they nail it quite quickly. But if you do produce something like your values and frame it and stick it up on a wall, um, your kids can call you up on things. Hey, Dad, you said that this is an important value to you and why didn't you come to my netball game? Those kind of things. And that's what they're there for. That's, um, yep. that's a good exercise. I, I 100% agree and I love, the, I love the comment. I was speaking to somebody a few years ago and they said, well, that's great if those are your values, that's excellent. But if I look in your diary, would, would it say that? Would that? Is that what your diary would say to me? Is that what, If I looked at your calendar over the last month and looked at your appointments, is that exactly what uh, is coming through? So, Yeah, there's a, great, uh, Michael, there's a great saying, show me your calendar and your checkbook and I'll tell you what your values are. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's leave it at that. Uh, that's an amazing session um, about a discovery meeting and we'll, uh, we'll catch you in the next uh, episode when we're talking about housing goals and having uh, advice conversations around them. Thanks, Michael. Fantastic. Fantastic.